Well, I think Neil Armstrong said it best. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And I started with that quote a couple of weeks ago as I introduced this new little series that we are in entitled, Small Steps That Make a Big Difference. Now we started, maybe you'll remember, uh, or maybe not, (laughs) but we started by talking about taking the step from me to God. And then last week, we talked about stepping from uh, immaturity to maturity. And now this morning, I want to talk about stepping from us to them. Stepping from us to them. Now, I grew, I literally grew up in the church. I mean, I wasn't even one week old before I was in church. And I don't think I've missed hardly any Sundays since that first Sunday 65 years ago or so. And so having grown up in the church, I, 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 I love the church. And as a kid growing up in that local church, we were like family. I mean, this was back in the day. Some of you might um, get a hold of this and some of you would be like, what are you talking about? But it was back in the day when we called each other brother and sister in church. Anybody know some of you? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it really, and by the way, it came in really handy because you never had to learn somebody's first name. <laughs> like, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's just how I, how I grew up. We did everything together. I mean, we had lots of potlucks, so we ate together. We worshiped together. We laughed together. We cried together. We prayed together. And sometimes we even fought together, you know? I mean, we were just like, just like family. But because of that, I think there was kind of an unintended consequence to this really, really tight family feeling. I grew up thinking that it was us against them. And the working definition of them was anybody that wasn't us. It was those guys, those people out out there. I mean, we weren't like them, we used to say. We were good, and they were bad. We were smart, and they weren't nearly as smart as us. (laughs) Or uh, we were found, and they were lost. You know, us against them. We were, I think, um, as snug as bugs in a rug. And at the first sign of world trouble, we were ready to enter into our rapture ejectopods. (laughs) Um, I mean, it was even, the mindset was such that that if something really bad happened on the world scene that week, I mean, like, if the 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 news was out that Russia developed this big bomb and they were getting ready to bomb this other country or positioning to bomb us, we'd come to church on Sunday morning and give each other high fives because the world's getting worse, and that means that we're about ready to enter into the rapture ejectopod. Now, I'm not making fun of this idea of the rapture, not at at all, but what I'm trying to say is 
we had this idea that it was us versus them. And when things got bad in the world, we were like, yay, we're going to be out of here. And so then when we're in our rapture ejectopod, away we go, and we look out the window and go, sorry about you. See? It was us. It was us versus them. But I want to suggest to you that the Bible teaches us that that's the wrong idea. That, in fact, what we ought to do is focus on people that are out there more than we focus on here. I mean, we have to focus on here too, but we, we've, we've got to step from us to them. We really do. Now, you've heard me say several times since I've been here already some of these bad examples of how I've seen church operate, but I'll just go down through the list real quick. Just Maybe you've heard me say this, but I'll just, I'll just, just do it real quick. But it's a reminder of, of how I've seen church in the past where so many times it's been us and not them. I mean, I mean for, for example, the church treasurer who came to me and said, well, our giving is so low, we can't pay our bills. I guess we'll have to go out and reach new people. See, it's about us. Isn't about them. Or the one leader in the church who said, why do we keep going out to the trailer park and bringing those kids into the church? They can't pay the bills. Um, see, it's about us. It's not, not about them. Or the person who pulled me aside one day and said, why do we spend so much money on missions? Why do we do that? See, it's about us. It's not, not about them. Or that person who said to me one time, uh, well, preacher, I just happen to believe as a church we have plenty enough people and we're just big enough. It's about us not about them, and they can just go to hell. See? The mindset that says, oh, this is just about us. Uh, and so we, we just need to like say to ourselves, have we embraced the concept of, of what the Bible teaches us about stepping from us to them? And I have to say, more, I think, than any other church I've ever had the privilege of standing in front of, you do it better than most churches. I mean, really. I mean, uh, people in the community know you. Uh, most people, when I say, oh, you know the Birchridge Community Church, they go, yeah. All except for that state trooper that pulled me over last week for speeding. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like, no, I don't know that church. Uh, but other than that, people, yeah, I mean, so I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying you do it. You do a good job. But but the idea is that we need to revisit this idea, and we need to get everybody on board with this idea. And I'm, I, I'm, want to bring you to the text this morning about, about this idea of us to them, and it's found in this concept of, of, uh, letting our light shine. And you might recognize that the passage is uh, Matthew chapter five, verses fourteen to sixteen. Let me read that and. It's probably up there on the screen behind me, but reading from Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So those verses, in those verses, Jesus is trying to show his followers, these new kingdom people, uh, what it means to carry out the Great Commission. And you do that by, you just let your light shine. And by the way, if you need a reminder of what the Great Commission is, let's go back up. Let's go to Matthew 28 now, which says, Then Jesus said to the, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Notice Jesus didn't say in the Great Commission go, uh, to invite them to church. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't say that. Jesus didn't say, if you build it, they will come. Build a wonderful building and have the coolest coffee bar, best coffee on the planet, they'll come. It doesn't, doesn't say that. And you, you already know probably my disdain for the church growth movement that took us down the wrong path. And the church growth movement asked the question, how in the world can we fill every single seat in this room, and how can we how can we cram more chairs in this room? I mean, that's a, that's an okay question, but that's that's not really the concern of Jesus. Not to get big numbers and count heads. That's not the way of Jesus. Really, the right question is this: How do we let our light shine in this world? That's that's the question. And that question is the right question because it presupposes that we take it to them. And that's what Jesus said to do in the Great Commission. Go. Go. And let your light shine. So now we go back to the passage I read a moment ago about letting your light shine. Let me read again verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I'll stop right there. Jesus was talking to a group of people that knew who the, which city on the hill it was. Uh, most Bible scholars think Jesus was talking about Jerusalem, because if you've ever done the tour over there on the Holy Land, you'll know that Jerusalem was built on a hill. And even today, just like 2,000 years ago, if you're traveling towards Jerusalem at night, uh, you'll see the lights of the city. I mean, they're up there on this big hill, and most of the area around Jerusalem is flat, and there's no doubt, oh yeah, there, look, there's no way you can hide that. The lights of the city are there for all to see because of its position on the hill. Everybody can see the light. So to drive that truth home, then Jesus uses the example of lighting a lamp and setting it on a lampstand. Now, here's a really important thing to understand. It's this. Position is everything. When it comes to letting the light that you, that you uh, illuminate, and you're gonna, if you want to light up a room at night, you have no electricity, position is everything. 
So you see, you have to put it, you have to put it in the right place. So Jesus uses that analogy so people can connect with that truth. And he's inferring that there are some people, some followers, that are going to be tempted not to let their light shine because they'll put it in the wrong position. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. And there are some churches like that. They're not going to let the light shine because it's about us. It's not about them. So we just keep the light here. As long as we illuminate each other and help each other, that, that'll, that'll just be great. But in the text, Jesus says, let your light shine. And as I read that and think about it, it, it just seems to me that what Jesus is saying is that you need to step from us to them. You see, let that light shine. The position is absolutely critical. Across the years, I've had people come to me and ask me to pray for them for different things, you know. And there's been several times when people have come to me and have said, I've applied for a new job. Will you pray that I get my new job? And I, I always say, well, yeah, of course I'll do that, but why do you want that job? And sometimes it's because, you know, I'll make $2 an hour more, or it's a better pay or something like that. But once in a while, I'll get somebody who will say, I want, I want to get that job in that office because in that office, Everyone is a Christian. Um, I'm like, I, I get that. I mean, I understand, understand how that would just be really nice to be, you know, in an office where everybody's a Christian. But let's take a moment and remind ourselves that it's, light doesn't really shine real good in light. I mean, it, it, if that makes sense to you. I mean, if I would like pull out my iPhone now and turn the light on in my iPhone, and I, and I would say to you, okay, my light's on in my iPhone, watch this. You couldn't, you couldn't even tell that my flashlight was on, right? Because of these lights. I mean, in order to make an impact, light has to shine out into the darkness, I'm still waiting for somebody to say, preacher, pray that I get this job. And I say, well, why do you want that job? I want that job because there's not a single Christian in that office. There's not a single Christian in that department, and my light can shine out. I'm a little crazy, right? I mean, I, I know that. I, I, I'm a little nuts. But I'm still, I'm still waiting for that to happen. Because for light to make an impact, it has to shine out in the darkness. So now, Jesus talks about the light, I'm talking about the light, and it's a fair question to just stop and say, so what? What is this light that we must let shine? Well, in other passages, we understand that we have no real light of our own. You know, the Bible never says, you are the light of the world. <laughs> no. And so we stop and think, so what is this thing about light? 1 John 1, 5 
says this about God. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So we start with that. That all goodness, all love, all light comes from God the Father. Okay, so we start with that. So then we remember that Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was God in the flesh that walked this planet. And so in John 8, 12, we see this. When Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Now, you know this verse. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we get this light from Jesus Christ the light of the world who comes and redeems us and transforms us. And so really what this is saying is that we reflect the light that we get from being exposed to Jesus Christ. So let's let's go back to verse 16 now, Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men. Let your light reflect before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So that means to me, says to me, that if we are going to let our light shine, we've got to get in the right position. I mean, if I had a big mirror up here and I wanted to let the light shine out to you, I'd have to position it up this way so the floodlights would catch it, and I'd have to turn it just right. You see, when it comes to letting the light shine, I'm back to this phrase that position is everything. And so if we're going to impact our world that's in darkness, we've got to get in the right position. And here's the right position. The right position is this. We need to get near the darkness so they can see it, but we've got to stay even closer to the flame. I'll talk more about that in just a second. So we reflect the light of God. And the truth is, if we're not that close to God, there's not going to be that much to reflect. You know, you got to get the mirror close to the source. And the closer the mirror gets to the source, the brighter the reflection. And the closer we are to God, the brighter the reflection. From us to those that are living in darkness. And so, as we think about letting our light shine, it's critical. It's imperative. It's vital. That we do everything we can to stay close to God. Stay close to God. Stay close to God. But now if we just stop there, staying close to God is a great thing, but it only does us good. And we're trying to step from us to them. So stay close to God. That's good. That's wonderful. But we need to get close to the darkness so that they can see the reflected love, the light that God gives us, but you've got to stay, you've got to stay close to the flame. This week, my mind kind of went on just kind of a wild imagining kind of trip. Uh, this thinking about 
what would the what would the church be like if we let if all of us let our light shine out uh, in, into the darkness stay close to the darkness but closer to the flame so the first thing i want to tell you is it's risky business to position yourself close to those in darkness. It really is. Now, some of you know a little bit more of the details of what I'm about to tell you because I've shared on a personal level with some of you. Uh, But I I have a a very, very close family member um, that's a drug addict. And struggled, struggled through his teenage years, young adult years, got straightened out, talented, loved God, on staff with me as a worship leader in two different churches, clean, 10 years, clean, 10 years, clean. He came to me one day and he said, I feel like God is calling me to go back into the inner city of Detroit, to go back into the ghetto of Detroit and stand on the same street corner where I bought and sold drugs. and share the love of God with these people. 10 years. I wasn't too sure it was a great idea. (laughs) God's told me to do it. I said, go. He got got supported by uh, a church. They bought him and his family uh, a rundown house in the middle of the ghetto of Detroit. And when I say the middle of the ghetto, I mean at high noon. It was so bad that I'm guessing most of you would not even drive your car down that street high noon in broad daylight. It was was rough, rough, rough. But God told him to go. And so he's he's taking the light to go into the darkness. He got close to the darkness, and there he went into the darkness. But it wasn't long until he had a major drug relapse. And he crashed and burned. And for the last three or four years, it's been... been rough. Right now, right now, he's in outpatient rehab. And so that's an improvement, trust me. But I, I, I share that personal story with you to just say there are risks to what I'm suggesting. But if I understand the Great Commission and if I understand the heart of Jesus correctly, 
He's, he tells us to do that. To, to go near to the darkness. Go, go out into the world and let your light shine into the darkness. But one thing, please, you must never forget. The nearer you get to the darkness, the closer you've got to stay to the flame. Stay close to the flame. So that's the first thing that we've, we've got to be concerned with is, is to stay close to the flame. But dare to take the risk. If you're staying close to the flame, if you're staying close to the heart of God, then dare to go out into the darkness. Let your light shine. I mean, I've been thinking about what, what would happen if if as a church, everybody would get on board with this idea and we would spend our weeks letting our light shine out into the darkness of others. And it might even look something very simple like you would invite your neighbors over for a barbecue and there are maybe there are neighbors that live in darkness and maybe they're neighbors you don't even like. Hey, will you come over? We're having a cookout. Just let them come over and don't, don't like beat them over the head with your Bible. Just, just get to know them and let them see how you live and let them see the light in you. You know, you don't, you don't have to like lead them down the Roman road and if you know what that is, I'm going to take you down the Roman road. Well, just be nice to them. You know, what would happen if we would, if we would dare to do that? Or, or, or what if at work, you know, maybe there's, you know, some mean, ugly people at work. Anybody have any mean, ugly people? Oh, 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 oh. you, you are mean and ugly. I know that's at least half right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Just, we're friends though, right? Are we still friends? Okay, man, I love you too. I love you too. But what if it, at work, if there are people that, that you know, I mean, just, just like, you, even though maybe you've been around the world, uh, when you hang around with them, you learn a new cuss word every hour? It's like, I didn't know that was a cuss word. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and what, what, if, what if you started hanging out with that person? I, I, I mean... You see, we're, we're taking, taking the light, taking the light to them. And just, just let them get to know you. Let them get to know how you think. Let them see how you talk. Let them see how you, how you live your life. Now, you got to stay close to the flame or you're going to start talking like that. You know, stay close to the flame. Or maybe there's somebody in your family that you've gotten cross with and you, maybe you don't even like them, I, I, you know? Uh, but you hear that they're going through a really rough time. You know, there's really, they're really struggling and maybe you haven't talked to them in several years and they're way out there on planet whatever, you know? Doing their own thing and they're so far from God that, you know, you wonder if God even knows where they're at. What would happen if you would just call them on the phone or 
send them an email and say, hey, I've been, been thinking about you. Why don't we get together for coffee sometime? You say, well, that'd be risky. Right. <laughs> right. And just let, let them see your heart. Let them know that God loves you and let them see the love of God in you. Well, they'll pull me down. Stay close to the flame. Stay close to the flame. I think this is the, the strategy that Jesus wanted us to employ. I mean, that, that's, that's, what I, that's what I see in the, in the text here today. And so this week I've been dreaming and thinking about what it would be like if this church, if you and, and if I more than ever dared to get close to the darkness by staying, but staying closer to the flame, dare to get close to the darkness and let people see the love of God in us, the light of God in us, in Soldatna, and in, and in Kenai. What a difference that would make. I'm thinking you can't go wrong with being obedient to what Jesus asks us to do. Let your light shine. Now I know right away, like some of you are like, well, I, I, I'm not much. I'm not a very good Christian, or I, I, my light's not very bright. Well, then get closer to the flame. You know, it's not about how good you are. Not how talented you are. It's not about how much Bible you can quote. It's about staying close to the flame and then daring the darkness and letting your light shine. And if you do that and I do that, guess what? This church doesn't need no church growth program. You don't need no canned evangelism speech. Just make the step from us to them and let your light shine. Stand with me and let me pray. Father, we thank you today for this biblical truth of this step that we can take. And I, I just pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help each of us to say to ourselves, I'm going to take that step. But Father, as soon as we say yes to that idea, we are reminded that we each need to get closer to you than ever before. So I pray that you would move us close to your heart, if we've drifted away a little bit, move us closer. Help us to keep our eyes on you. But, oh, Father, may this light that you've put in each of us shine brightly out into the darkness. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.